Yo, it's Julian on the brand note, another of my continual Ukraine things. If you're feeling anxious about the impending nuclear holocaust, I'm back in the 1980s, in the early 80s when I was a teenager, it was a real thing that World War III was potentially going to happen. Now, if there's one good thing to come out of the uh, Russian invasion of Ukraine, it's proven that World War III is nearly impossible. They keep talking up, oh, Putin, nuclear weapons, going to invade the rest of Europe. No, he isn't. He isn't at all. They're saying that he's going to try and reconstruct the Soviet empire. Ukraine is not a NATO country and it isn't part of the EU. All of those other countries are. That would be an attack on the West. This is different. It's not an attack on the West. And you will have seen that studiously we will not send troops on the ground because we do not want to go into a war with Russia. If Russia attacks any of those other post-Soviet republics that are now members of NATO and of the European Union, that would be him attacking America. That is a very different thing. So there is no possibility of nuclear war here. There is no possibility of him trying to attack other post-Soviet republics that are now members of NATO. For all of Russia's military might, for a start, America still has by far the biggest military on Earth. And if you throw in um, France and Britain, that isn't going to happen. It's just not going to happen. And no one wants it to happen. The guiding force in everything is money. And the uh, disastrous effect on the global economy, if that happened, is too vast. They don't care about glo uh, global politics. They want the money train to keep going. But our our determination from america and britain not to put troops on the ground in ukraine has proven that it is virtually impossible for world war three to happen now which is a good thing and it might be the only good thing the reason is this our economies the difference between now and 30 years ago is our economies are globally integrated to such an extent that we cannot go to war against each other the Sanctions that we're putting on Russia may amount to as much as 3% of the GDP. Maybe the, maybe at the extreme end, their GDP would shrink by 7%. Some people are even saying 1%. That's it. These financial sanctions are really quite pitiful. We are trumpeting them as uh, this incredible thing. Here's the deal. If we wanted to sanction Russia, we would sanction their fuel. We would sanction their sales. I think they do 10% of the world's oil. We would sanction that. But we can't because it will immediately and dramatically raise the cost of the petrol at the petrol pumps in America, Australia, and the UK. We can't do it. So it, the only meaningful sanctions we could use, which would affect the, the big money earners in Russia, we can't even do because we're hurting ourselves and no one will wear that. No one, no one, everyone knows that people may well support fighting Russia in Ukraine until it doubles the price of petrol and then they won't anymore. So no one's going to do it. China is the same. No one can go to war against China and China can't go to war against anyone else. China sells half a trillion dollars of goods to America each year. America employs hundreds of thousands of Chinese in factories buying their goods. They can't fight. We can't fight Russia. The impact on the global economy is too big. And maybe that is a, a good thing. I guess the um, elephant in the room there is Taiwan. 
and I don't know what to say there. China now has a green light to invade Taiwan, which it may do because it now understands that the West will not intervene. And we won't. That ship sailed. But one thing that uh, the Chinese may notice is how destructively bad this is going for Putin. And they may not want to go down that road anymore. I think if one side's been bolstered by this whole thing, it's China. It's really sort of, it's bolstered their standing. They now look significantly more powerful than Russia. It's definitely weakened Putin's uh, and how that will play out in the long run, um, whether he will be replaced or whether he will, it will blow over. He is not a stupid man. I've seen people describing him as like Donald Trump. How idiotic is that? This is a very, very clever man. This is a chess-playing man. This is not someone who blunders into situations like our own Scott Morrison, Boris Johnson, or um, Donald Trump did. He knows the long games here. If he went into Ukraine, that was a very long time in the making. But it has proven that the Western world has no stomach for troops on the ground conflict with either Russia or China. And if any of us, and Russia would have done the same with us, Afghanistan was full of uh, Russian troops for 10 years throughout the 1980s. This has been a long-standing thing. America didn't go into Afghanistan then, even though they covertly supported the Mujahideen. Once Russia had gone and the Taliban became problematic, Russia inva uh, America invaded Russia. Sorry, America invaded Afghanistan and there was no never a hint of, a, of Russian troops going in to fight America. They want to avoid conflict. China will not fight America. America won't fight China. Same with Russia. So it has actually proven that there is some weird stability about all of this. Of course, wars don't always go to plan. The First World War being a case in point where that got out from under control and ended up in a monumental history-making bloodbath. And those things are possible. But I think when you see something as provocative as a potential EU-NATO member being invaded by a superpower like Russia and it immediately being said that there's no possibility of ascending in troops, we at least live in an era where World War III is virtually impossible. That's something.